that's what it's all about. You know, it's about how you deal with stuff, how you move forward. You know, I mean, you can, you know, be kicked in the shins or, you know, have horrible things happen, but it's how you, how you deal with that, you know, how you move forward. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery. This is a traveling podcast meant to inspire you to be just 1% more badass today than you were yesterday. And I highlight the stories of adventurous travelers who have overcome things that I meet in my own travels around the world. And I'm so excited for today's really adventurous spirit because she may have considered herself a really bad athlete growing up, but she just hadn't found her sport yet. And when she did, she became an amazing ski instructor and she became an amazing outdoor wilderness guide leading rafting trips down the rivers. And I'm so, uh, let's, Let's introduce her really quick. <laughs> Who are you? Hi, I'm Jen Coleman, and I am the co-CEO of Coleman Concierge, along with my partner in life and crime, Eduardo, who is not here to, to grace us with his presence. <laughs> and if you don't know who I am, I'm Christine Lozada. Today I'm filming from the Bahamas. It's beautiful out here. But if you're watching today's episode, the footage you'll see is from a trip I got to be on with Jen in Washington. We were in Southside Seattle and Bellevue, Washington, adventuring in all kinds of ways. And links to the content and videos of the trip that we went on will be in the show notes as well. But let's dive into her story. Because you were telling me about the whitewater rafting story when we were at dinner last night, mm -hmm. a little bit. Bring me through that. Where were you and what happened? Um, so I, would, I used to be a commercial river guide um, for several years and I was guiding the Nooksack River, which is up um, by Mount Baker and Bellingham area up in northern Washington, yeah. northwestern Washington. And um, the Nooksack River, it's basically, it starts off pretty fast and furious, fast corners, pool drop. Mm. And then the second half is mellower, kind of faster corners, flatter gradient, but log jams, mm. which, you know, they, they might not understand or the, the danger of the log jam, yeah. which is very dangerous. I mean, statistically speaking, more people die in class one, two water than they do on class three through five, just because of that complacency of people oh, not recognizing the blowing. danger. That's actually really interesting because you you are not as alert because there's the assumption that the mm -hmm. class is lower. Absolutely. So there's a safety. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, the beginning, it was a very high water day. You know, had to get everyone in the boat, was on the, on the shore holding the boat for dear life, calling paddle commands, trying to train people how to paddle before I could hop in the boat. Because I knew the second I got in the boat, we were taking off and yeah, we yeah, were going. Yeah. And so got everyone trained up. Sure enough, got started and made it through the canyon, through the pool drops. All good. It was a beautiful run. Get down, have lunch. Everyone gets very chill. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. gets very relaxed. Get back in the boat. Going through the bottom part, we're coming up to a corner. There was a log jam and a rock. And calling the paddle commands, people are not getting it going. Mm. They probably missed two strokes and in whitewater, two strokes can really make or break you. I mean, one stroke can make or break you. Wow. And so we started going up on this rock and I called this command called high side. And that's not as common of a command. We did practice it, but people didn't quite 
connect that they need to scramble up to the high side yeah. to keep the raft from popping over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, the raft did flip. Okay. And when the raft flipped, I was on the back side of the raft heading straight for a log jam. Whoa. Which was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I honestly have no clue how it happened. My buddy Jeff that saw it said I basically rose like Jesus and walked on water <laughs> because the next thing he knew I was like on the back of the raft. I don't even know how I got there. Yeah. I really do not even remember. Okay, hold on. Two questions. <laughs> One, in case someone doesn't know, what is a log jam? A log jam is a huge pile of logs that are all piled on top of each other in a corner of a river or mm -hmm. usually in the corner of a river because it's kind of where all the sediment and everything gets deposited. Okay. And in this very scary moment, what it, do you remember what you were telling yourself to be able to get through it? Honestly, no. I ha all I knew is that I had to get my booty up on that boat <laughs> and I had to get all those other people's booties up on that boat and yeah. keep paddling so we didn't end up in another log jam. Oh, wow. So that's basically what happened. You know, got, got on the boat, managed to paddle away from the log jam just enough to get some other people on with their paddles. We actually paddled with the boat upside down through the part wow. until we could get to like mellower water, get the boat flipped back over and get everyone back in wow so it was and it was on my birthday and I just <laughs> remember thinking wow I almost did not live through my birthday wow. <laughs> nor did my crew but thankfully we all did I have an important question how long between that not so great birthday raft and the next time you got in the raft, how much time passed? Like, did you did it stop you from getting back in the raft? Oh, no, I had a trip to get the next day. Oh. <laughs> Were you at all afraid or? Uh, the thing of it is with guiding whitewater is no matter how good of a guide you are, it's not if you're going to flip, it's when. Mm. I mean, it's just it just is mm. what it is, you know? I mean, it, it's going to happen no matter. So you just prepare for it and do the best you can in the situation. And, you know, when you're in a group, you know, when you're all guiding too, you've got, you know, all the other boats around helping you, you know, getting people in that you're not able to get to and so forth. Yeah. But I really think it is a metaphor for life because at the end of the day, you know, what happens to you and what you go through matter and yeah. it's something you need to make peace with. But at the end of the day, the way you deal with it and the way you move forward is really what matters, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that's what it's all about. You know, it's about how you deal with stuff, how you move forward. You know, I mean, you can, you know, be kicked in the shins or, you know, have horrible things happen, but it's how you, how you deal with that, you know, how you move forward. I love that. Oh, it's such a good message. Can we just do a collective whoa? Whoa, she had a near-death experience on the river while guiding a seemingly simple trip, but people just weren't taking it seriously. And this all happened on her birthday and she went right back to doing it again the next day. Way to pick herself back up and get back out there. I am so impressed with this story. A reminder, the Badassery Journal is available to you. Take what you're listening to today and put it into action. There's a free download link in the description of this video or in the show notes of this podcast. And if you're wondering, by the way, if you're just listening, what the heck are all these airplane sounds? We're actually located at the Aviation Museum in Southside Seattle, and it's it's on an airport, so there's a lot of planes going by. But let's hear the next part of her story. 
Where did your adventurous spirit come from? Boy, I've always had it, to be honest. Um, my mom always teases me that my very first sentence in this world was, do by self, mommy. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I've always been fiercely independent. I've been a chronic non-repeater. Yeah. I've always just, the minute I turned 18, I was out exploring yeah. the world. And that's just how I've always been. What was your first adventure that comes to mind? I mean, I'm sure millions of adventures, but like growing up, like what was mm -hmm. your first like big adventure? There's two things that I remember most solidly. The first one is growing up, I've always been a terrible athlete, last picked for every single team. And for some reason, and I still remember this, four years old, getting on a pair of skis, yeah. and all of a sudden having these giant feet was like, wow, I have a balance and stability, and I can do stuff that I never could before. And I remember yeah. going down the little trail in my little wedge, going up on the side hill and getting a little air and coming back down, <laughs> and I was like, yeah! You know what I love about that story, aside from the excitement, obviously, is that there were lots of sports out there that were obviously not working for you, oh, yeah. but it was just finding the one that did. And actually, you you don't just recreationally ski. Tell me about your <laughs> background in skiing. So I started when I was four, and since that was the only thing that I could do athletically, yeah. I kind of stuck to that. Um, my mom, being paranoid, put me in ski school okay. ever since I was little. And by the time I was like seven or eight, yeah. I was better than all the other kids. So I'd oh. usually just end up going out with the instructors. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. My mom jokes that, you know, of course I became a ski instructor because yeah. <laughs> that, that was all my earliest memories where was going out with instructors. Where did you learn to ski? And then where did you instruct at? So I learned at Winter Park Mary Jane and I kind of skied all around the Denver Summit County area. I actually skied um, for their freestyle um, team in high school. Oh, so badass. competing bumps. Yeah. And um, then once I graduated high school, I went to, I've been everywhere. So I was at Keystone, Colorado, yeah. Copper Mountain, Colorado, Crested Butte, Colorado, North Star at Tahoe. Then I believe I went back to Crested Butte and Copper. And then I went out to, let's see, after that I went to Washington State where I was yeah. at Crystal Mountain for one year. Yeah. Stevens Pass for six. That was the longest I was anywhere. For someone who's like new to skiing or scared of skiing, mm -hmm. what do you tell them? First and foremost, take a lesson because skiing is literally the most counter instinctual sport yeah, yeah, you will yeah. ever encounter. Because when you're on your feet, when you're walking down a hill, what do you do? You lean back. Yeah. The steeper the hill, the more you lean back and you lean back on your heels. Yeah. But skis and ski boots are designed to actually have your center of gravity. Out. I want to just pause on one thing, which is it's not intuitive. Mm -mm. And but especially as adults, we expect ourselves to have figured it out even before we even tried. Mm -hmm. And so when we see ourselves fail and in this instance fall, it's very, very discouraging and we don't want to do it again. And you're suggesting starting with lessons. And I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it's not intuitive. No. And your ski is designed to have your center of balance, you know, your solar plexus area, your, mm -hmm. your pelvis, mm -hmm. to be over the balls of your feet at yeah. all times. And when you're facing down a snow-covered mountain, looking at the bottom, you sure as heck do not want your pelvis over the balls of your feet. <laughs> and that's why you need lessons. 
things <laughs> because it will teach you how to, you know, be centered, how to make the equipment work for you mm -hmm. and how to make those metal edges work for you. I love that. Okay. What well, actually, when it comes to you adventuring, would you say your most adventurous spirit is with skiing or, or would it be the whitewater rafting or what might it be? I would say definitely I'm, I'm like I said, not a natural athlete at all. Yeah. So skiing is the one thing that I took to. Um, I, I've been on camping and hiking trips with people okay, that wait, I've skied on. with. You, you, you bike, you whitewater raft, you ski, but you're calling yourself not a natural athlete. No. Like what, <laughs> what is it that gets you to keep trying or doing it anyway? Because most people who say, I, I'm not an athlete, and a mm -hmm. lot of people say that to me, it is their awesome excuse to, to no longer try and to not try. And, so like, what, why do you keep doing it anyway? For me, I would say two things. One is addiction. Okay. Very, got very addicted to skiing. Just that feeling of, the analogy I use is it's when you're in the flow, you know, it's only when you lose your mind, you can come to your senses. And yeah. when you're skiing, when you're diving, when you're doing those sort of activities, you're not thinking about what you need to clean in your house later. Yeah. You're not thinking about what you're cooking for you're dinner. In you're the in moment. the moment. And you're in that flow state. And yeah. I freaking love that. Yeah. Like, I love being in that flow in that moment. So that's huge. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that I'm just really bloody stubborn. And I don't like not being able to do things. Yeah. And, and I just... So, yeah. <laughs> that's a great mindset. That's a great mindset to have. I love that. Are you a badass? I would say yes, not Why? to be confused with having a badass. <laughs> Why are you a badass? I'm tenacious as a mofo. Yes! Oh. That is my superpower, legit, tenacity. I do not give up, I am like dog with bone. <laughs> I am so happy right now. You asked me yesterday what my answer would be, right? Mm-hmm. Someone, I was, do you know Marissa Sutera? Yes. She asked me, she asked me what the most badass thing I did was. And I answered, I actually didn't have an answer because there were like a lot of things that came to mind. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, and I get it, not everyone identifies with the word badass, mm -hmm. but a, a, most of the time people won't give them the credit of having done a badass thing. Mm -hmm. And they'll just say like, oh yeah, I did it. You know, they'll downplay it, but it's, it was a badass thing. But instead I answered her as the most badass thing I do all the time is that there is nothing I can't do. If I want it, I will get it. Mm -hmm. I'm tenacious, I'm relentless, mm -hmm. and I will get it until I either don't want it anymore because something has changed or I get it. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? They can find me all sorts of places. They can find me on our website, which is Coleman Concierge. They can find us on Instagram, Coleman underscore concierge we also have a lifestyle instagram which is concierge corner oh, and sure. then you can find us also on twitter and pinterest as coleman concierge without the e and facebook lets us keep the e so we're coleman concierge hell there. yeah and make sure you check <laughs> the show notes to find her all of that info will be in there go forth be badass we'll see you in the next one <laughs> thanks for doing this with me thank you